for the next inning. Nope. Because the inning ended. Nope. All right. Oh, did you see that bullshit the other day where the guy couldn't get a no-hitter because it wasn't a double-header? Yeah, that was garbage. Here's why it's garbage. Baseball decided double-headers are seven innings. That's right. So... I'm playing within the confines of your rules. Right. I'm sure Matt, he would be like, well, let's play two more. I don't know. I got a no-hitter going. I'm, I'm up eight nothing. Uh, what are we doing here? All right. Here we go. What sports? What sport do you think has the oldest fan base? Baseball. Nope. Oh. Golf. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The PGA Tour uh, average age in 2016 of the fan is 64. Jesus. The LPGA, 63. Anybody want to take a shot at number three? Baseball. Nope. Tennis. Degenerate gambling. Think about degenerate gambling. Horses. Yep. Oh. Horse racing. Yeah. 63. Yeah. All right? Yeah. We're still not at baseball. Number four. Uh, big in retirement communities. Shuffleboard? Not that big. <laughs> still active. If you're still active and old, and maybe you're not happy in your marriage and you want to fuck your trainer as a housewife. Weightlifting? No. no. Gymnastics? Tennis. Tennis. Yes, tennis. Yeah. The bit's always that they're banging their tennis instructor. Mm-hmm. That's the whole premise of Soap, the TV show. Number five. Not baseball. Racing. Racing. Mm-hmm. Okay. 58. But, number six, baseball. baseball. And and it's one year behind racing. It's 57. Right. That's the concern. Because what's basketball? Like 40-something? Basketball is 42. Mm-hmm. That's why they'll eventually pass baseball. Unless baseball doesn't figure some shit out. The issue is that baseball is complicated. There's so many things inside of the game happening that you, you know what I mean. Like basketball has a pace. It's pretty easy to understand basketball. Yeah, right. Score, put the ball in the hoop. The stuff in baseball is so subtle that if you're not really paying attention to it or getting it pointed out. To you, You don't see it. I still believe that part of the reason football is number one, and people will boo me, is fantasy football. Oh, 100%. Which, by the way, I love football, and I've loved football my whole life. Me too. But but fantasy just makes it that much more interesting. Here's the thing. Fantasy football... These would be great bits for the show. Fantasy football, though, is so great because the other sports don't embrace fantasy sports like football does. Like, they'll mention it. But they don't talk about it. Like, fantasy football. Like, the NFL allows people to talk about fantasy football. I believe Al Michaels should be part of every, um, every football broadcast for the final two minutes. Just talking about his betting. Yeah, he's a degenerate gambler. Horse racing. Al Michaels, into it. For sure. Do you think that when he's not like doing games, Al Michaels is at the casino watching off-track betting, <laughs> smacking some cocktail waitress on the ass, saying, For sure. Puts, bring me another bourbon and water. And then Marv Albert is like, I'll bite your back. And asking if he can take it to the hole. That's Bill Walton. I know who says it. So you're you're at a table with Al Michaels, Marv Albert, and Bill Walton? Mm-hmm. Who's the biggest creep? Well, Walton's high. But also all about taking it to the hole. Especially if you're a young man. You know, unfortunately, so is his son. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a story. Yeah. What do I not know? Well, Luke, Luke Walton was a better ass? Well, no, no. He was a coach for the Lakers. He got fired. And then he went and signed with the to be the coach of the Kings. 
And then some chick from the Lakers came out and said that he... One of the reporters, right? Yeah, he, like, cornered her into a hotel room and tried to... Try to to, to do that thing that I said I would do to your boss. (laughs) It's a rare condition this day and age to read any good news on the newspaper page. And love and tradition of the grand design, some people say, is even harder to find. Well, we'll do an official open here. All right. It is show 88. I mentioned last show, whenever we recorded that, that I graduated in 1988. So 88 has a very special meaning for me. You haven't even counted us in yet, have you? He's so excited. Yeah. About 1988. About 1988. Yeah, and we're going to throw all of this in here, so we're not counting anything in. It's, by the way, this is Jack Spade to my right. If you were looking at me straight on, he'd be to my right. Zabisco. <laughs> Over here on my left, none other than Vic the Stick Rocks. We didn't get a chance to talk about this on the last show. What do you guys have? Because I'm assuming this is going to air in mid-May. What do you guys have late May, early June to, to plug? What you been got going on? Uh, Jack Spade's got a baby coming. Yeah, when is that, dude? Late May, early June. <laughs> My boy! So here's a little inside baseball for you. Mm -hmm. Next Saturday, May 8th, we'll be on the RCCW show in Winona, Minnesota. Good chance this has already aired. The following week, on the 14th, it's in Onalaska. We will not be there, but you should still go. Mm -hmm. In fact, you have even more reason to go because we won't be there. And we're told that they're, uh, the Legacy show is tomorrow, which well, is the first. Yeah. So and obviously that's not going to happen, but that's it. And nothing in June? Uh, we will have a RCCW date. It's the second Friday, whatever. Go, the 11th. ECW in June, uh, BCW in June. Maybe something that Armani's got cooking up. All right. We'll talk off the air because nothing. I you gave me a date, but then I haven't heard anything in a week. So okay, um, might be some midweek shows coming up. Sure. Do you say to keep that? F- oh, because of uh, the schedule. But well, I was kind of hearing a little bit about be some co-promoting. Okay. Off the air, fellas. Yeah. Off the air. But let's just do it in Carney. Other than yeah, cause, yeah. <laughs> other than that. Um, yeah, my monthly shows was ECW and ECW and then Legacy. I don't think we're back till July 4th. Yes. How was the uh, big ACW extravaganza? It was great. Tell us about it. Um, other than the ICP deciding to not show up, but I'm going to keep my opinions to myself on that. Now, was that a purpose? Did they get prepaid, do you know? Uh, I believe half. But you know what? I'm not going to talk about that. The show itself was amazing. The venue was great. We weren't at the arena because the arena, the big basketball arena, owes money to ACW, and that guy's a crook. He's getting sued by everybody, including his contractors. But maybe I hear rumors the Bucks might buy that arena, and then who knows, all bets will be off, or we might be back there. But the <coughs> convention center was amazing, and uh, there were 1,200 people there. It was packed. That was the capacity they set. They sold out the show. Uh, everybody worked their ass off. Did uh did Dylan mention me about maybe um, any sort of I, I, upcoming? Yeah, I think he's. I think he said he, we'll is, talk. Is he warming up to the idea? Uh, yeah, 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 warming up a little bit. Okay, all right. Um, the main event was amazing. The whole show was just great. Like, um, yeah, I love the atmosphere. You know me. The bigger the crowd, the happier I am. Yeah, because um, it just feels special, and what what a great night! And I, um, in all th- this is like God's honest truth, man. I there's the amount of appreciation that I get from Dylan and Weimer and Nick Colucci, the the brain trust of that. It's it's great. I I am very happy to be part of that family. That's good. Let's see this. I used to have a history of getting depressing fortune cookies. I got one that said I was going to get hit by a bus the other day. Did you? Yeah. 
Yeah. You gotta eat it or else it's not gonna come. Is that how that works? Yeah, so I'm eating it and then I'll read it. Okay. So if it's depressing, I have no way around it. Oh, well. You could be, you could be stuck. It's gonna take me a minute to eat this cookie. It's very dry. Why don't you talk a little bit about 1988? Well, I will. But um, I also wanted to say um, that uh, the summer, I'm looking around and uh, don't know if BCW is going to have their state fair show or not, but state fair is on. That's what they told me. Yeah, it is on. So, Are you booked for the Alaska BCW show? No. No? I'm not. I don't trap. You're even banned out of... It's a two-company band. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> it's, well, it's, it's not the company. It's, 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 it's the city. It's the county. Uh, the Cross County. I don't know. By the way, I was just in uh, Cooley County. Cooley County. Yeah. yeah. I was just uh, in our Ross family Facebook page, and it looks like the North Country Steak Buffet is hiring. Yes, is, they are. Ah, now let me see. If there's a loophole. What if I apply for a job up there? Like then you can get can, a work visa. Yeah. <laughs> and can they ban me? Hey, it's not depressing. My present plans are going to succeed. What are your present? Plans? I have none. Well. Success. <laughs> All right, so that was great. Let, before we get into the best of '88, why don't we delve into the hat? Well, I we actually didn't get to do that last show because we were mad about the Packers, mad about you with Paul Reiser. Mad about you. Ooh, you know what? I bought a new hat. Oh yeah, did you get it from that Turk? <laughs> Kid, oh. Oh, uh, real quick. There was something I wanted to do. <laughs> was it the hat? Did you get my hat back? No, 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 no. no, no. Okay, of course not. So, we talked last show about the pack. Are we going to go to Cincinnati? I want I, mean, I, I want to. Here's some quotes from Ted Nugent. Why are we back to this? By the way. My idea of fast food is a mallard. By the way. <laughs> Cincinnati, notoriously the cheapest tickets in all of football. Something to consider. War is good when good survives and evil is crushed. If you don't crush evil, then evil will get you. Okay, I mean, that's that's not that insane. Although what he thinks is evil is probably insane, but you get the point. Vegetarians are cool. All I, the hats. Yeah. All I eat are vegetarians, except for the occasional mountain lion steak. The goddamn hats. All right, fine, I'll go to the hat. You cornbread eating motherfucker. Oh, no, why so much fire? <laughs> I have I wrote all these topics anyway. Nobody gives us topics. I told Lane on the way here. He's still hot at me because I slapped the mat, came up with my fists, and said, Get in here, you son of a bitch. And I said, just once, I wish somebody would reach down, slap the mat, come up with their fist clench, and say, Come on, you cornbread-eating motherfucker. I said, I would pop so hard for that. Well, we got a, you got a chance to do that tomorrow. By the way, the string of shows that Ross family members have been on where we, one of us has uttered a expletive is up to, I believe, seven. Yeah. Seven shows. Yeah, it's getting pretty bad. Uh-huh. We just don't care. Anymore. We don't care. Us or Phil this, Collins. Yeah, I was going to say, was that Phil Collins or Genesis? I thought it was Phil Collins. It might have been right. Ted Nugent. It wasn't Ted Nugent. Who said... Nobody's ever going <laughs> to listen to this sh- Do you know how irrelevant <laughs> Ted Nugent is? I hump the wild to take it all in. Look at how fast there Vogelbach is, was. I there is no bag out. limit on happiness. <laughs> I could have beat that You could have beat it out, but you would have taken twice as many steps. Watch, right. right. Did anybody just hear me say I hump the wild no, to no, take it no, all nobody's in? Nobody's listening that much like our fan base. Who's We're done with the Ted Nugent shit. Clicking off like crazy. All right. One more Ted Nugent quote, and I'm Ubering home. You're going to Uber home? Uber home. Uber Thurman? What if I can throw them in? <laughs> I love your pulp friction. What if I can... Work the Ted Nugent quotes into the show as if they were my own you stand. Can't. You can't because Be- they're batshit crazy. Because I don't sound like that? You've never <laughs> killed a bear. No, I named it Fred, wrote a song about it. Alright. Alright. 
How about Yogi Bear? What movie would you turn into a musical? Oh, that's easy. Okay. <laughs> that's easy. Right. Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> Fuck yeah, that's been that's been right up there with my Breakfast Club on Ice idea for a long time. The ladies are here. Get your buttholes ready. Mm-hmm. The ladies are here and there. Oh no, yeah, I got. I've already got a course. Don't refrain, Mister Dufresne. Oh, it's great. <laughs> or you'll feel pain. Mm-hmm. That's the real aggressive In one. In your membrane. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. What do you think over there? Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Come on. He, hear me out, bro. I, wait, I have an idea. Hear me out. Can I pitch you? You can. Do I have to hear you out first, or can I pitch you first? I would prefer you heard me out first. All right, I'll hear you out. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre as a musical yeah. starring mm-hmm. the guy from the band Jackal. Oh, that was my pitch! I was going to pitch you that Jackal wrote all the songs. Why Jackal? Because he, he played a chainsaw. chainsaw. Oh, I suppose. Yeah, you're right. And he felt the sun shining. What about Schindler's List, the music? That's... Goodbye, Jews. <laughs> Goodbye, Jews. Yeah, but it's positive because he's getting them to safety. Well, right. I, I mean, was referring to the little girl. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that. Um, That bit. He was canceled. I was actually thinking that, or I was thinking we could do, um, going back to Shawshank Redemption, uh, Shawshank Redemption, the animated series. <laughs> I like it. Like Police Academy, the animated yeah. series? I watched that as a kid. Uh, my other one was, you know, how they had the Muppet Babies. I wanted to do Star Wars Babies. Okay. Just okay. To, and I wanted to do it mainly to piss off Star Wars fans because Disney bought the franchise a few years back. And I wanted it to just completely not make any sense because in the same nursery, you'd have baby Darth and baby Luke, which wouldn't be possible because we already... It would blow their fucking minds, right? Right. So that's... I would do Star Wars Babies. Here's the irony, though. the When you do Star Wars Babies, Chewbacca and Rolf, they're basically just the same, same character. Thing. That's true. One's playing the piano. <laughs> That's true. Surprisingly, it's Chewbacca. What if, what if, on the Star Wars babies, Darth Vader wasn't a baby? Okay. If he was the foot? If he was the ma'am. Oh. See, that could work. I thought I told you children to go to sleep. <laughs> okay. See you. <laughs> <laughs> he already did that one of the movies. He did. Killed all them kids. Alright, you know what movie I'd turn into a musical if I could? <clears throat> What's that? Grease 2. It already is the best musical ever. I would add more music if I could. More songs about intended <laughs> rape? <laughs> now, see... Oh, by the way, the uh, Packers drafted a receiver, Amari Rogers from Clemson. Well, his first name's right. Mm-hmm. Rogers to Rogers. Yeah, that's uh, probably not gonna happen. Yikes. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, Grease two still the best musical ever. Ah, uh, no, second to. Uh, I'll concede it's the second best musical ever. In my in my vision, Blues Brothers is the first. Okay. In my vision, Grease two the musical is Grease two. They go into the musical bits. And then in the middle of the musical bit, there's a different musical bit about the musical bit. Does that does the weird British guy sing more? He definitely does. Okay. Yeah. About his intended rape of. No, he wasn't trying. <laughs> oh no! In the new version, he's a raper oh, too. They're all rapists. All of them. Okay. Well, I can live with that. All right. Well, we knocked that topic out. Sure How about did. you reach into the hat? By the way, the Packers picked Amari Rogers 85th, and he was the 85th overall. So he, they finally got one right. Good job, Goot. Yeah. You hunk of shit. I'm glad he drafted right. I'm just saying, hopping the fence or wading the Rio Grande River is part of America's immigration policy. Uh, if I gotta tell you guys that, right? I I can hear the Uber circling the block. Okay. You need a ride, buddy? 
Wow. If you have to take your glasses off to read. It's the handwriting. Oh, it, it's my handwriting. What is too far abusive in pro wrestling training? Where's the line, I guess? I, I mean, I think the line, it, like, I understand tough training, make sure people can handle it. But when you, if you're, if, and I'm not saying this ever happened to me because it didn't, but if you're trying to actually injure somebody, you cross the line. Yeah, you're a piece of shit if yeah. you're doing that. Yeah. I mean, a couple of stiff clotheslines to the chest, not to the face, a couple of really big bump drills, a lot of conditioning, make sure you're tough enough to be to come back for day two, fine. But if you're trying to put somebody in a position where they could be seriously hurt, you're a jagger. Uh I just want to say that if you go into... It's one thing, like, you're still a piece of shit, don't get me wrong. If you go into a match with somebody who's giving you their body and you're trying to physically hurt them, it's even worse when you're doing it in training with somebody who doesn't know any fucking better. Correct. Correct. I think also... But aren't you just old school? I think also it's it's bad. It's also bad to uh, train people in a boxing ring. Oh, wait, never mind. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was you know what? I trained in the very similar. Well, I trained in the Rebels ring, which was stiff. Right, but we, but Vic's first couple of sessions were at Kazi. Like my first five in an actual in a boxing ring. No give at all. And for the record, that building looks like an electrical closet. What Kazi? Yeah, yeah. It's such a small building. Yeah. yeah. Does that fit the ring? All right, all right, It's actually not that small. It right, because right, there's small. a basketball, whole there's a basketball big ba- court. like a full basketball court. So what the we room did with the the ring is small. Right. Okay. Were you at the show we did there that we taped there? No, that's like a show before me. Okay, so what we did is we had the ring and we opened up the metal doors and we put seating on where the basketball court was and we had like a hundred people. Good. Yeah. So it fit for what we needed it to. There's do. no parking. No. But, uh, you know what the stiffest ring in the business right now is, right? It's the lacrosse ring. It's not, you fucking pussy. I just took a bump in it last Friday. Well, last show. What what does your bump look like these days? I fell down. Yeah, you fell down. (laughs) You fell down softly to probably... Hey, I got kicked by Kyle, and everybody knows that hurts. Yeah, well, after getting kicked by Kyle, the ring felt like a my pillow. (laughs) Was this Kyle Pro? No, No. it's Kyle Roberts. What do you think of Kyle Pro? I have not met him yet. He was supposed to be on this upcoming show, but it doesn't sound like it's going to happen now. Kyle Pro was on the last BCW show I worked, along with Stonehenge. Yeah. How was that? Uh, well, we'll talk about him in a minute, but he came with two other dudes. One of them um, goes, we use his Ganya as the last name. You know really? who I'm talking is about? Is he an African-American he fellow? Is, he yeah, is. I know exactly who that is. That's Rampage Santana. Yeah, that's right. That was his name, Rampage Santana. Yep, 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 yep. Oh. Um, that, then, you have a great story about Rampage Santana, don't you? Uh, I have a story. I don't know how great it is. Well, we'll get into that in a second, too, as I try to recall who the fourth guy was there. Oh, Petey Williams. Downtown Petey. Petey Brown. Petey Brown, sorry. You, what are your thoughts on him? Uh, he broke his dick once. Um, okay. He told us. He told us all about his dick breaking. They broke? Uh, he said he fucked so hard he broke his dick. Hmm. Okay. Like, snapped it. But they all came down together. So I'm guessing they're yeah, Minnesota, Minnesota, Iowa, somewhere like that. Oh, uh, I, I'll i be in Minnesota in June. Where? I didn't mention that. June 5th. Minnesota. Minnesota Independent Wrestling. Whoa, what's that all about? Terry Fox, I got booked. I got a show. Does he still run with one leg? <laughs> no. Do you remember Terry Fox? I don't. The, like, one-legged runner from the... No. But I'll be, in, I'll be in Hamill, Minnesota. I'm sorry. So if somebody wants to come in... Uh, it's a suburb of Minneapolis... If somebody wants to come and see me, I will be there okay. by myself. So tell me about Rampage Santana. 
We had him in in lacrosse I last figured, October. Yeah, I figured he would have made it. And it, it was a squash match. He was going to get beat in rather short order by Ragnar. He hadn't really worked a whole lot, though, had he? He had only had a few matches. Like, And when I say a few, I mean like two to three. Okay. So he was perfectly fine in the match, taking, doing his part. Yeah. Right? I have no complaints about that. As soon as the match was over, he changed clothes and went and sat out with his buddy out in the crowd, just not selling anything. Mm-hmm. Ragnar was hot. I did not appreciate it. After the show, Derek was like, ready to cut bait with him. Didn't want to use him anymore. Mm-hmm. I pulled the kid off to the side. I explained what he did wrong, and I told him that he should apologize to Ragnar and he should apologize to Derek. And he did, he took my advice and did exactly that. So I don't really have a great Rampage Sandman story. I have a story. What's your Kyle Pro story? Oh, Kyle Pro's I don't know. No, your Stonehenge. It was a Stonehenge story. Okay, so what's your Stonehenge story? Well, I mean... Does it involve a shoot-gut-wrench powerbomb? No, no. All right. Um, but it does... Homoerotic promo class? <laughs> what ended up happening, though, was I... The, the story was... He had ended up going to him and all of them ended up crashing at uh, this these two girls' houses, oh. and he ended up um, like basically destroying the apartment. I am shocked that that doesn't that sounds completely. Out that of actually me. sounds exactly like what I would expect to hear from Stone. Out of my, st- we told the whole Stonehenge story. I'm fairly certain. I think most on of a the previous bits, episode. Yeah. But my favorite part of that night of the Stonehenge shoot power That was the outdoor, or not the outdoor uh, Gilbert show, Brown. but the Gilbert Brown. Yeah. Was when uh, there was Hoi Ride promo <laughs> shooting happening in the garage slash gaming area. Yep. And they popped in and took the bottle off the <laughs> Took counter. my bottle. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then you just went, hey brother, that's my bottle. And he <laughs> I opened the door and I went, hey. And he was like, oh hey. I was like. That's mine. <laughs> I took it back. Nice. And then I just reached on the counter and grabbed some other shitty bottle. I was like, here, drink this instead. Oh, so he still got something. Yeah, for and then he, they cut their promos in the underwear. They danced to no music for about 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. They took a walk. Uh, I don't know if he murdered a guy, but I know that we had to get the body off the premises. Uh, or else we were never going to be asked back. Yeah, By the way, shout out to Steve Mongo McMichael. Get better, buddy. Yeah. No more. Stay out of the champagne room. Yeah, I heard he's dealing with what, MS. Right? ALS. ALS. That's uh, ALS is a quick one. I don't understand it. He's he's not even named Lou Gehrig. <laughs> well, I, not just <laughs> Lou Gehrig. Got it. No, right? but he, he Lou Gehrig should have known he was doomed when they told him, "Hey, there's a disease out there <laughs> named after you." <laughs> Lou, I'm sorry. He, he said, no shit, I have not been feeling well. Right. <laughs> you have you disease. <laughs> poor, poor Lou. Lou, you want the good news or the bad news? Give me the good news. We got a new thing we're going to name after you. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> What's the bad news? You're not going to be around to hear too much about it. Yeah, you're, you're dying. Today, 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 today. I, uh, uh, about, uh, uh, about, 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 You know how I know this show is me, the worst? Me, me. <laughs> Does he, we just shit on everybody, okay? <laughs> Michael J. Fox is shaky. <laughs> fucking Lou Gehrig. Hey, there is the bit for when we do the sketch comedy show, Michael J. Fox, the bartender. <laughs> he just spills your drink everywhere. No, so here's the thing. So it's a shot glass, right? <laughs> right. And, he's, right. and there's very little in the fucking cup. And then he puts the bottle down. He's like, that'll be 350 <laughs> And you know who's at that bar, right? <coughs> Doc Brown. <laughs> so... I lost my... Where was I going with this Lou Gehrig thing? Oh, God. I don't know anymore. I don't either. <laughs> I don't know where anybody is. And we then, were actually talking about Stonehenge. Well, we were. How was this match? It was, a four, it was in a four-way. Um, so it was okay, because I think they... 
it was fine. So is the Santana kid, is he calling himself Ganya now? No, because no. Because I saw a picture of him with like a Kevlar vest. No, he's still Santana. He wears, but the vest says Ganya, which was It weird does. Yeah. I've seen it. But I think he... Is Ganya like his nickname? No, he was No, he's, he's been getting mentored by Greg Ganya. Yes, Ganya. yes, yes. He's been getting mentored by Greg Ganya. By actual Greg Gagne? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, he's, he was okay. He was talking to Armani at intermission and going through his match that he had somebody tape. And Armani was giving him feed, pretty critical feedback. Like, you should have turned here. I don't know what, you know, like, typical Armani. He was Armani. Yep. Yeah. And the kids seemed to be taking it well enough. So, I don't know. First time I'd met him. No, he, no real issues. Who's this guy who looks like Jason Kidd and Jason Williams fucked once? Well, that's Daniel Theus. His name is on the screen. Peace. And he's like seven foot eight. Well, I mean, he's a basketball player, right? Well, Jason Kidd is not seven. Okay, foot fine. Eight. Who's this guy who looks like Jason Kidd and Jason Williams okay. fucked on top of Sean Bradley? <laughs> Well, that would be something. How did Sean Bradley end up in Space Jam? He did not really fit. Because he was big and stupid. Yeah, they probably wanted to put a big, dumb-looking... Was Big Country not in there yet? No. No. Ostertag? Maybe. Bradley was more... uh, Bradley was a little bit more well-known because he had a collegiately decent numbers. Right? I mean... But yeah, he was a weird looking. Plus, again, he was cartoonish enough that you could draw like a tall, gleepy alien. Yep. You guys gonna watch the new Space Jam? For what? Lola Bunny. Stop it. Of course. Gina Lola Brigida? That was my boner. It was calling to say, (laughs) stop watching cartoons. Stop masturbating to cartoons. No! But remember, Big Fire used to watch High and Tie. I used to watch Kai and Tide too. High and Tide. What is what is what is it's not high and tide. Well, what is it? It's hentai. Okay. Well, <laughs> or tentacle porn if if you really want to go deep, you know? I don't know what I that don't. means. But it well it's tentacles. It's like a dick tentacle. it's like all over the place. Is that all of them have dick tentacles? Yeah, they that's just multiple tentacles. Why? Can you shorten it to denticle? <laughs> Well, that sounds like it has to do with mouths, which it does. Japanese Japanese entertainment. Japanese Japanese sexuality is weird. Would you guys use one of those vending machines if you went over there? You know the ones I'm talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. There's vending machines where you can buy used underwear. I'm out. I'm out. For the scent, you see. I got it. Yeah, I get it. It's dumb. Well, it's almost like asking. I thought to like. The vending machine had beegers in it. <laughs> well, would you use that vending machine? Well, maybe. I don't know. You or just put a quarter in and all of a sudden you just hear the... That sounds a little robotic. <laughs> I'm not taking a quarter beecher. Okay. <laughs> if you're only paying a quarter, nobody's wiping that thing down. Well, come on. You That's might not true. be taking a quarter, but if they're giving you a beecher, they're taking a quarter. <coughs> oh. Is it my turn to pick? I think it, it is. is right? It is. Would you like me to grab Yeah, you just one? grab me. I don't feel like getting up. I'm, I'm lazy and fat. Me too. All right. When That's when we know we quit. When the topics are too far away for any of us <laughs> to want to get up and reach them. Dire straits, in or out? In. Uh, Sultans of uh, Swing. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That almost became the the Dad Body Donna's theme because it was just dad enough to work. I I think that'd be great. Is the NBA draft lottery a work? Yes. Sometimes. <clears throat> Sometimes. Some years it's completely legit, and some years it's a work. I think Patrick Ewing going to the Knicks total work. Okay. To try to because it's the market, build the New yes. York market. Yeah, um, there have been times it's so it's not always a work, but when they need it to be a work, it's a work. Don't care. It's the NBA. All right. Fuck them. Wow. Jesus. 
Fuck the Euro step. Oh, no. Here we go. Fuck LeBron. Oh, man. What do you think of the draft lottery? I think that uh, it... What do you think of the way they do it? Because it's the only sport that kind of waits it to prevent, supposedly to prevent tanking. Well, that's what I want. I want there to not be... I would actually kind of like if there was a draft where it was a completely random order. Fantasy draft, you just draw the day of, like, here, pick a card. All right, you guys are drafting third. Yeah, wouldn't that be, that would, I mean, it, it, it it's fair-ish. Uh, so I'm going to ask you this question. What if the draft stayed the way it was? Sure. Like, let's say, let's use the NFL as a, because the NBA is down to just two rounds. Okay. okay. So let's use the, the NFL. What if the NFL draft snaked? Like a fantasy draft yeah. does? Like it went blah, blah, blah? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> I suppose if you were the worst team and then you're picking first and not picking again until 64, that's probably not going to help get you out of the cellar. No. Yeah. Is Brooke Lopez wearing that Don Sutton perm? No, I think that's just his hair. It's just natural he does that. It looks a lot like Don Sutton's old perm. Maybe it is. Maybe he scalped Don Sutton after he passed. Bye, cracky. Don Sutton. Fond memories, yes or no? Would ya? I heard... (laughs) I actually heard... I've heard nothing but really good stories about Don Sutton, just what a cool kind of dude he was. You know, people in the media, fans... People who interacted with him. I only bring it up because we brought it up here and he passed recently. But yeah, Don Sutton was pretty legit. So I don't want to be a dick. Uh-huh. But were you hearing that before this? Yeah. Okay, because yeah. like nobody ever talks Drew, bad Drew about Olsen, when they die. Drew Olsen used to mention it a lot because he covered the team back when Sutton was. It. And he talked about even when Sutton was doing play-by-play <clears> and he'd come over and just chat with people. Like he was just... Generally, a guy who likes to talk to people. So, I am too, but nobody likes to hear what I have to say. So, <laughs> all right, <clears throat> this is a fun one. Oh, this would be great. We could do this together. Also, Darren Sutton. No, I worked with him on a couple of shows when I worked at radio station. Really nice dude too. So, if it rubbed off at all. Okay. Right. So, anyway. We could, right now, if we could start a conspiracy, what would the conspiracy entail? It's got to be a new one? I mean, it can grow off of an existing one if you'd like. Hmm. All right, I'm going to start one. Right All now. right. I'll, we'll piggyback. We can piggyback here. All right, the moon... All right. Is actually just a government spy satellite that watches everything we do. Okay. All right. All right. How's that? Is that That's great. That's a good start. Yeah. Okay. That's a good start. That's a good start. Uh, ooh. What are, what are they... Why are they spying on us? What do they want? What do they want? Mm. They're spying on us to see what our habits are in order to further make us better consumers. Yes. Yes. Uh, of maxi pads. Of maxi pads. Yes. But why is the government limiting itself to only half of the market? That's oh. where the conspiracy comes ah, in. Because the chicken nuggets that have the hormones in it that turn boys into girls are gonna <laughs> we're all going to need maxi pads at some point. Nothing is uh, turning boys into girls. That's hormones in the chicken. Well, oh, uh, uh, who said maxi pads are just for girls? And who says I? Oh, ha- and for uh, Yakov Smirnov, who wore one on his head. And who says <laughs> that you're even a boy or a girl until you turn eighteen and can choose for yourself? Yes. <sighs> Was it twenty one now? I don't know. Absurd. You following? How you doing over there, Grandpa? Getting mad. <laughs> you look. You wanted, the question wanted a conspiracy. Getting fucking We're mad. We're giving him a conspiracy theory. All right. How do you? It, it's making sense though. Right, because you're turning boys into girls with chicken nuggets. Right. So you could sell maxi pads. 
government issue standard maxi pads, heavy overnight flow, and with then, wings. Then they will corner the market in maxi pads, put the other ones out of business, cause a monopoly, and use that money to fund secret wars. Listen, the only heavy overnight flow I want to hear about is a fucking Waffle House waitress. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I know one other overflow I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear. Mel Sharples tells someone to stoke. <laughs> and that person would be Flo. You know when I was just a young young man? Mel Sharples in her out. Oh. Uh, in, fine. You're not. But 10, 12 years old, I was being sent to the store by my mom to buy maxi pads. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that say a lot about me? Uh, you were helping your mom out. Just a, just a kid putting maxi pads on a pick-and-save conveyor belt. You were a good boy. You know what I never understood? I never understood when guys would be weirded out when they'd have to either go buy maxi pads for their girlfriend or hold their girlfriend's purse, right? Here was my thing. Clearly, if I'm walking up there with maxi pads, clearly they're not for me. Clearly, this means that I have a girlfriend, bitch. So, <laughs> here you go. Right? Like, why... Have you ever gone shopping with the intents and purposes of just embarrassing the person that's rigging you out? No. Okay. No. You should try. You should stop it because you work in fucking retail. <laughs> and you should know better. That's just never going to work? No. They've seen it. They've heard it. They don't like you. Pay and leave. <laughs> uh, Pay um, and leave. Rage Against the Machines, in or out? Out. Oh, I, that's what I was going to pull up. I was going to pull up the uh, the 2021 uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees. Okay, you do that, and then we'll get in the 1988 The Year in Review. Because they kept showing them on the draft last night. So I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this. Okay. Because I believe we talked about the 2020 ones, and you guys were very negative. No, no, no. No, I don't believe we were negative. I, I, I believe I was probably negative. Yeah, maybe. All right, here we go. So these are the nominees. The nominees, they have not been officially... Okay. Um, Let's hear Number one, well, it's, it, there's no... Or, yeah, I think no, it's, yeah, it's, it's alphabetical. Okay. Hey, okay. Uh, help, help me out here real quick. Who's that symbol on the fifth? Is that Washington now? That's the Wizards, yep. yeah. Yes. The okay. Wizards. They now look like the Bullets, but they're named the Wizards. Uh... Mary J. Blige. No. Right? no she's not for me, but... She doesn't have... A, I don't think she's got a body of work that makes her Hall of Fame worthy. She's been around like 30 years now. Yeah, but... Okay, but that doesn't... Just because you've been making records... You know who else has been making records for 30 years? Poison. Oh, look at that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and I like Poison. I, but my point is, you can keep making records, but... Okay, I'm, I treat the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame... The way I treat every Hall of Fame. Let's let me use the Baseball Hall of Fame for an example. If you can't write the story of your sport without including that player, that player belongs in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Can you write the history of music and not ever bring up Mary J. Blige? Probably. Probably. Okay. So you're gonna tell. We're gonna say whether or not they're right. in or out. Uh, hang on a second. <clears throat> I have a counterpoint to sure. that argument. All right. Sure. Jane, you ignorant slut. It's not my kind of music. Mm-hmm. Okay. But who's to say you can't write the history of R&B? I bet you can't, because I bet you if you look at her chart success, it's going to pale in comparison to a lot of other R&B acts that aren't in the Hall of Fame. All right. Well, so is the, so you're saying she should be in. You're saying I'm not saying she should be in. I'm saying I don't know, because that ain't my, my shit. Okay. I'm saying out. All right. Kate Bush. No, I liked her, some of her music, progressive... Uh, alternative rock, but again, body of work was eh. Were you running up that hill? That's all. That's all. That, that's the only thing I was gonna do with the Kate Bush was run up the hill. Okay. All right. I've got some Mary J. Blige stats I want to draw. Oh, all right. right. Give me the baseball card. <laughs> Her career began in 1991 when she signed to Uptown Records. She went on to release 13 studio albums, Great. eight of which achieved multi-platinum worldwide sales. Great. That's a pretty good record. Out. Next. Wow. All right. Devo. Because you know what? Let me let me just go back. Is I, I don't think she's in. 
If Janet Jackson isn't in, then Mary J. Blige isn't in. Janet Jackson is in. She went in a couple of years ago. All right, go ahead. Devo, out. Yeah. Okay. Again, they influenced a lot of people. That's what you hear people. Oh, you know, I like, I like really like Devo. I don't know. I think you. I think. I think out. The Foo Fighters. In. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> whatever. You, you've given up on this already. I've not. Come but on, next time we go to Cleveland, we might see some of these busts. We might see Dave Grohl out front begging for change. We might. Or selling hot dogs like he's from New York. <clears throat> the Go-Go's. Yes. No. Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden. Hmm. I, I don't. I loved Iron Maiden. They were my first ever arena concert, but I just don't think they had enough across the board appeal. To I would agree with that statement. Okay. Jay Z. I'd probably have to say yes, but not just because of the music. I mean, not just because of the music he created on his own, but the producing stars that kind of came off of his his coaching tree, so to speak. Right. I mean. Yeah. I would say yes. Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan, let me rock you, Shaka Khan. I mean, again, I liked her and the stuff she did with Rufus, but I don't think there was enough. I say no just because she was on The Mass Singer. There you go. Okay. Anybody on The Mass Singer just ends their yep, they're respectability, out. all their dignity well, wait, is gone. Wait, that means Gary Busey can't be there. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Okay. Carol King. Yeah, she's a great songwriter. It's hard to say no to that. All right. Fela Kuti. Who? Fela Kuti? I will say I have no opinion. Power Uti? Fela Kuti. I got no opinion. Feel your coochie? All right. It's not that part of the show yet. All right. Well, you guys know the the Eminem, the My Name Is song? The first big Eminem song? Yeah. That that background, that sample was a, a... from a Fila Kuti song. I, I right. don't know enough about a Fila Kuti. Uh, did you hear about the ladies? Huh? Did you guys hear about the ladies? Not the ones that met Andy Dufresne, but the ones that love Cool James. Oh, Ella Cool James? Sure. Yeah, I can see that. <clears throat> yeah. N- New York Dolls. Again, they they influenced a lot of people. But I don't think their body of work is Hall of Fame worthy. Okay. All right. Let me. I gotta get to a different thing. All right. This next inductee uh, said this once: "If you want to save a species, simply decide to eat it. Then it will be managed." Ted Nugent is not like Hall chickens, of like turkeys, no, like deer, no, like not, Canadian geese. He's not a Hall of Fame. Are you? you he's also your, not an inductee. Right. You're that's pulling up your saying. Uber app. I am. <laughs> yeah, I am. he's not. In there. All right. I tried to make that as natural as I possibly could. You failed. All right. All right. Uh, rage against the machine. No. Garbage. Okay. All right. Gar. Bidge. Oh, they're not up. Not that bad. Okay. Because I'd say yes to that. Todd Rundegren. No. No. Why? Because he just wants to work and bang on his drum all day? Okay. Here's one that surprised me that she's not already in there. Tina Turner. 100% yes. Yes. 100%. Would you hire her? I would. To be a private dancer? To be my private dancer. I'm dancing for money. Oh, God. And finally, yes, you guessed it, if you're a psychic, Diane or Dionne Warwick. So I just gave you that group. They usually do, what, five, six? Six. So while you're doing that, so I think we were all pretty agreed on the Foo Fighters. Yeah. Nope. LL Cool J. LL Cool J was pretty. Yep. Uh, Tina Turner. Yeah. I would oh say God, that's yeah. three. Yep. Right. 
Jay-Z, I think. I think, while Jay-Z is deserving, mm-hmm. he's... if LL goes in, Jay-Z does not. Okay. It's a very... They're only going to do one hip-hop act. It's very rap and hip-hop centric, though, this I'm year. I'm just telling you. So, the top movies of 88, before we get into the top 10, I'm going to tell you some things that didn't make it. Number 50, Police Academy 5. Mm-hmm. You're t- wait, wait. Is that my No, Miami was 6. Yeah. 5 is the USSR? They went to, to Russia? Yes, yes. Um, Not as good. Didn't have Gutenberg in it. Pretty bad. Okay. Um, number 35, Ernest Saves Christmas. Okay, not the best Ernest work. Yeah, yeah. Um, Vern. The Great Outdoors, 24th. Uh, wait, The Great Outdoors? Colors was only 20. Great Outdoors was Dan Aykroyd and John Candy. Yeah. I thought John Candy died after. No, that was Wagons East. Wagons East. Oh. Colors was 20th. Colors. Colors. Rain Colors. Man was 19th, but only because it was released December 16th of that year. Okay. Now we're getting into the top top 10. Number 14, Naked Gun. That should have... Well, but it was released December 2nd, so that makes sense. Okay, here we go. Top 10. There's a ghost. It's Michael Keaton. Yikes. Beetlejuice? Yeah. Number 9, the best Christmas movie ever. Die Hard. Yep. Number eight, a share vehicle. Moonstruck. Yeah. Number seven, a short Scientologist. Mixing drinks. Cocktail. <laughs> Cocktail. Number six was a movie that actually finished in the top five the year before, but because it was released so late, it also finished in the top six. It also starred Gutenberg. Three men of it? Yeah. Number five. Though the original didn't even place in the top 30, this sequel finished number 5, starring an Aussie. Crocodile Dundee 2. Yep. Mm. Tom Hanks dances on some keyboard. Yep. Robin Williams. Good good morning, Vietnam. Yep. Number 2, an Eddie Murphy vehicle. Golden Child. No. Coming to America? Yes. I thought that was... Yes, and no, isn't that It good? couldn't have been because we were just there. He had the number one movie in 87 and the number two movie in 88. The number one movie in 88, this is a shocker. A absolute shocker. It was an animate, half animated, half live. Who framed Robert? Roger Rabbit. Yes. When the villain was Doc Brown. Number one Roger. movie of 88. Would you guess that? You know, by the way. I saw it in the theater. So Legitimately terrifying at the end of that movie. When he melts? Yeah. When he's like tuning out and his eyeballs are getting all fucking weird. That that terrified me as a child. Okay. You pulling up... Uh, top songs. You got top songs, yeah. all right. 1988. Keith Jackson. Um, there's fumbling, stumbling, fumbling Not football. that one. The other Whoa, one. Oh, Nelly. Look at him matriculating down the field. Don't you worry, Mark. You stay in the hot tub with them 17-year-olds. I'm going to catch these touchdowns. Oh, so, number, number 10. It's going to be a tough one. It's a, a guy who had some, some really big hits. His career goes back to the 60s. Vic, not a huge fan. <laughs> Sounds like Chevy Chase. But it can't be because you said 60s. Yeah. Steve, it's Steve Winwood. Oh, okay. You don't like Steve Winwood? Back in the high life again. No, no. The higher love? No. Bring me a higher Roll love. with it. What? Yeah. I, let's roll it. Okay. This is a rough top ten, guys. I'm just telling you right now. 88 was not a good music. Number game. nine. Hands to Heaven by Breathe. Okay. Okay. Number eight, not Debbie Gibson. Tiffany? Tiffany. Yep. Could have been. Not even the Tiffany song that you want to hear. Right. <laughs> Number seven, former Go-Go's lead singer. Belinda Carlisle? Yeah. Mad uh, About You? No. Uh, no. Ooh, baby, do you know what it's worth? Yeah, heaven is a place, place on her. Yeah. Whitney Houston at number six. Okay. It wasn't I Want to Dance with Somebody, so it's after that. Yeah. Uh, but it's before... Too early to be the bodyguard. Right. 
So we're still talking kind of bubbly pre-crack, Whitney. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not helping at all. <laughs> I hope the microphone's I, picking that I up. I get it's so emotional. Just terrible. So emotional. Is that the lyric? I get so emotional. That's the song. That's the song. I don't think I've ever heard that, Whitney Houston. Um, number five, Axl Rose. So good. Sweet uh, Child of yeah, Mine. Sweet Child of Mine, number five. Number four, if you open up an email and you get something that you didn't think you were going to get. Junk? Spam? Trash? Rick Astley. Oh, Rick Roll. Never gonna, Never gonna give, give you up. Number three. A guy who clearly got number three just because he was a former fucking Beatle. Oh, I know exactly what this is. This is George Harrison. Got my oh. mind set on I you. I like that song. Got my mind set on you. He wrote that in like four minutes. I believe it. Yeah, and three of it was finding a pencil. A whole lot of money. Number two. <clears throat> the top song ever by NXS. Uh, oh, uh, fuck. Give it what you need. Give me what you need. Yeah. Nope, nope. That's a no. good song as well, though. It's the one about masturbating while asphyxiating. Oh, da 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 da. I need you. Yep. I need you tonight. And number one. To choke me with a bell. Number one, he breaks away from Andrew Ridgely. Oh, George Michael. And he's got to have faith. Idiot is faith already? Oh, man. Hey. While I was getting... Michael also had the number 11 song, by the way, that year, One More Try. My dad, ravaged with cancer, mm-hmm. loved Faith, the album. Okay. Number 14 that year, by the way, just the luminaries. Very progressive man. The softest song by Cheap Trick. Uh, the Flame. Mm-hmm. Number 17, this was when hair bands still charted. White Snake was at number 17. Number 19, oh, Def Leppard, their biggest hit. Pour some, some sugar, sugar on me. Yeah, correct. That what that didn't hit top 10? For the year. It, it made it up to number 2 oh. at one point. But another George Michael song at 27, Father Figure. George yeah. Michael's killing uh, me. That's on that album, man. Oh, it was a great album. My yeah. dad would blast that shit. You think back to that Father Figure. He's singing that to an old gentleman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another lazy, well, not lazy. I, I suppose I, I miscategorized this poor song at number 37 because it took a lot of work for Mr. Bobby McFerrin. Don't uh, worry, be happy. Yeah, because all of those, like, instrument, he made all of those with his mouth. Like, all of that was his. Making. He was Bobby McFerrin, he wasn't Michael Winslow. Come on. <laughs> Come on now. Um, another George Michael song at 40, Monkey. Jesus. Faith was a big album. George Michael fucking killing it, man. And you know what? It didn't even stop there because in like 90 he came out with Freedom where he wouldn't let you down. Never give you up. In the top 100 for the year there were four In Excess songs. That's excessive. Mm-hmm. In Excess. And um, for... I, here's another song. I don't remember this George Michael song, "Kissing a Fool." Same album. Yeah. Wow. What a great year. What a great year for George Michael. Gone too soon. Uh, sure. Sure. Yeah. I had no issues with George Michael. Not me either. Not me either. Why couldn't it have been Robbie Williams? Good question. Or. Uh, uh, Terrence Trent Darby. Or maybe like one of the Gallagher brothers from Oasis. Okay, so top ten shows, a lot of them will be repeats yeah, from so the year before. Still cosby Cosby's still number one, but we're going to start with ten. I do not remember the... Oh, by the way, just missing the top ten, Dear John. Oh, god damn it, you set me up again. Number eleven. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'll just say, Dear John. Uh. Dear so, who John. the fuck remembers anything but love? 
No clue. Do you even know what anything about love was? No, I'm going to look it up right now. It was an American sitcom on for three years with Richard Lewis and Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, I did know about a Richard Lewis sitcom. Okay, number nine, Empty Nest. Richard Mulligan. Yeah, the Golden Girls Mm spinoff. That was always on. Number eight, Still That Murdering Chick. Uh, Murder... And she wrote it. Number seven, Who's the Boss? Number six, The Golden Girls. Number five, 60 Minutes. Number four, Cheers. Dropping from number two to number three was a different world because a debut show finished right behind the Cosby Show featuring also a stand-up comedian. In 88. Mm. A female stand-up comedian. Paula Poundstone. Roseanne. Oh, uh, Why did you blow that one? Uh, well, for sure, it was going to be Paula Poundstone. Yeah, because I remember that sitcom. <laughs> Don't you remember Paula? Kid Toucher is what it was called. I adopt and save these children. <laughs> Check out my shoulder pads. <laughs> oh, Anyway. So that was 88. And I graduated high school that year, and I don't remember a ton of the music. And a ton of them, even though you know me and my music, I could get years of songs from like 75 through about 2000 within a year accurate all the time. But 88, I was very preoccupied with graduation and other things. So, now, I believe I was reaching up on top of the oven, touching a ham straight out of the oven, putting my hand on a clove, burning it. Just being an idiot. I was three. There's no excuse for being an idiot. Okay. Uh, and that nickname has carried you all your life as you are now Ham Hands. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's stuck with you. They used to whisper in the school halls, watch out for Ham Hands. Get out, man. Let's get out. Hey. Hey, turn the fuck around. Put your in there, Bato. Jesus fucking Christ, man. We just got an R rating. It's okay. I can't feel my legs. That's all I have for I do know that. Who doesn't know that? That sounds like if Carly Hellcat and Floyd the Barber had a kid. Scott. Scott. I was that brand was in a shootout with the Vatos. And then, and then Robert Duvall got shot. And just like me, he couldn't catch his breath. We were both just wheezing. Like the movie only had like a couple minutes left. And I almost passed out. But then, but then Robert Duvall died. And I rewound the tape. Yep. I was, I was watching on VHS, yeah. For the old cracks and pops. It's kind of like a record, but Rob Duvall died, the Pac-Man cried, and then, and then he became the old guy. He, he told the joke about the bulls and the fucking... Alright, how are we for time? Hopefully out of it. Yeah. I thought you were going to play the song. No, why would I do that? Because then I would have thought the Dark Match Mafia was in my house. Remember when that song played five times a show? Yep. Yeah. That's only the second most ridiculous death scene uh, that ever existed on... By the way, you have to really respect Robert Duvall's character the entire time before dying, not dying. I'm okay. I'm okay. I just gotta walk. I'm okay. Well, I got meatballs. 
<laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Robert Duvall made a huge mistake when he decided to become a cop when he had that cushy job as a lawyer. <laughs> For the mob? Yeah. Am I right? For the Corleones? Like, why would you leave? Well, it was all right for the first movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Let me see what I can do here. <sighs> all right. Well, I'll tell you what. I hope you enjoyed 88. I sure as hell did. Um, a lot of good things happened in 88. Um, don't remember all of them, but a lot of good things. What are we doing now? Oh, the first most ridiculous death scene in any movie. You gotta give us some context. What? I, I, I don't know if I get I don't know if I know. Oh, that's plenty of it, man. How much longer I can hold this? Oh. Is that Don Cheeto? <laughs> Yep. Now, to clarify, this is the most ridiculous death scene of any mainstream movie. Because I'm sure there's a lot of shit movies out Just there. Listen to that breathing. You sure it's not that shit? He's having a, a baby. I can tell you what the best death scene in any movie was when little Bill killed himself in uh, Boogie Night. Wasn't that off screen? No. Oh, wait, no, he just put it on his mouth. Yeah. 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 Is that on a loop or has he just been dying for a day? Take it home. So, <laughs> does he end up dying? Oh, yeah, that? he dies. He lets go of the, he blows up the whole building. Yeah. Why does he let it go? Because that's he was the creator of the. T-1000. Well, no, he, he he was the one who recovered the Terminator from the first movie and had the arm, so he created Skynet. Oh. So he was blowing up his own company to, uh, and he was shot. He had been shot, so they left him with the detonator, detonator gotcha. and that was his final breathing. Not in any sort of uh, belief that he was going to just need his wife to come and get him, or... Just going to have to sit there for a minute. Right. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Robert Duvall was like, help me up. i got to walk this off. <laughs> I've got plans. I really have to take a crap. So, <laughs> for Rick Ross, Jack Spade, Hotshot Sky Williams, thank you for listening, especially our Stitch Bitches. Stitch Bitches! We have none of those. Sorry about the quality of our show. <laughs>